The Super Speedway Podcast is a Dream Bigger Media production. For news, photos, show notes, and information about advertising on the podcast, visit www.thesuperspeedway.com. Welcome to the Super Speedway. Welcome to episode 152 of the Super Speedway Podcast, recorded Wednesday, May 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Eric Young. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, James Cush. And James, we've got a special guest tonight, making this as awkward as possible. We have an, an actual NASCAR official on the line. What do you think about that, James? I think, uh, well, stooping down to our level is not always great for anyone, <laughs> but we're glad to have him nonetheless. Todd Henry Jr. Todd is a friend of the show. He, he and I worked together at Tri-City Motor Speedway back uh, for the past few years. Todd's been on the podcast before, and Todd is joining us. How's it going today, Todd? It's going pretty well, all things considered. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, no problem. So Todd is a NASCAR employee and enjoying a little bit of time off right now like the rest of us. And uh, we'll chat a little bit tonight with Todd and, and get some insights of uh, from from a new NASCAR employee as to you know the, the inner workings of NASCAR. Um, we have to be careful that we don't have them re- reveal anything uh, too top secret. But, uh, but yeah, it'll be a fun conversation with Todd. So um, before we get into that, though, let's talk a little news. Um, James, I know you were probably on the edge of your seat watching the uh, NASCAR e, E-NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series race at Dover, right? What's that? What is that? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I, I know he won. That's, that's about the gist of it. William Byron gets his third win in the series. Um, I you know, I, I, I am buying into this thing still and enjoying it, but I'm, I don't, there's not really a whole lot to talk about. I will say that, um, you know, Dover was one of those tracks that I think, you know, we talked, I think we talked last week, James, I don't know if we did on the air or off the air about whether it looks realistic or not. I thought Dover looked pretty realistic. Yeah. You, you were actually, you were on that one. You said it looks, it looks better almost on iRacing than it does on as in the real thing, you know? The, the racing, the racing was pretty good. Um, we had some green flag runs and then not a lot of that. Um, the thing that I found the most interesting was that we, every week in this thing, we've had tempers flaring. We've had people wrecking each other on purpose. And so my question is how much of these hurt feelings from the video game, which I know a bunch of people were on Twitter this week, don't call it a video game. Okay. So how many people from the simulation or how many of these hurt feelings from the simulation carry over to the actual track? Do you guys think anything will carry over, or do you think this is all just in fun and you get mad for a couple seconds and then you're over it? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, you guys might disagree with me on this one, but I don't know what type of interaction the drivers are actually going to be having in person true. when they get to the track. Yeah, do you think? So, I haven't looked at the rules, but do they get fined extra for a fight because they're? I mean, they have to put their masks on first before they fight, right? Or, or just leave the helmets on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't maybe. know. But, maybe. yeah, you can't uh, – yeah, I feel like you can't um, You can't talk it out in person. So this whole thing really is virtual even if you're on the track. So That's I guess there could be some carryover. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen. Though. I think these guys, it, when it gets to the real, when it gets to the real deal, there's, you know, they'll they'll probably push it to the back. But there, there's not, there's something there. Todd, what do you think, man? I, I, I think there could be. Well, if there is anything, I think it's all going to be on track because of all of the uh, coronavirus stuff going on and wearing the masks, masks, and have to be so, so distancing and everything. Right. So that's the scary part with us up in the tower and everything <laughs> trying to control the drivers if there is any carryover. Right. I guess, you know, maybe 
maybe some of the stuff that we're seeing in the in the simulation side might be carryover from the real world and relationships they already have with each other. Maybe we're maybe, seeing a little yeah. bit more of that than we normally would because we definitely have, you know, we're seeing under the helmet a little bit. I, that's been one of the interesting things I've thought, and, and Mike Joyce pointed out a few times on the broadcast that, you know, we get shots in their living room of them actually racing and you know, these, yeah, these guys are having fun right now. This is a fun thing, but they're still concentrating like they do in the actual car. And you get to see those eyes and see how into what they're doing they are. Um, unless it's Clint Boyer, <laughs> but yeah. Or, or Denny Hamlin's daughters flipping off the screen. Yeah. But well, Denny was one of them that was upset this week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think it, again, it's, you know, we've talked about on this podcast. It's, it's an interesting take in a time that we don't have, anything else to you know quench that thirst i guess but fortunately we'll have it back in a couple weeks or yeah a couple weeks a week and a half it's now looming. it's yeah the um my favorite thing about the off season is the uh twitter countdown of right? car numbers and we've started that tradition for darlington i've seen it all over twitter this <laughs> yeah. week i'm, I'm yeah. trying to remember well, when you say favorite is that a sarcastic favorite or you actually oh it's always that? sarcastic okay. yes that's what i thought. yes of course yes i actually like it but whatever <laughs> I don't like anything, apparently. You don't like fine. anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had a good run of the uh, the delay uh, of, in, the, in this season. It's I've taken a lot of losses. Yeah. <laughs> recently. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, Kyle Larson and Casey Kane are racing this weekend. Larson back on the track. Um, not in iRacing either. Real life racing. Of course, it's not NASCAR. Uh, World of Outlaws from Knoxville this weekend. Um, both Larson and Kane are racing. Larson has completed his sensitivity training to the satisfaction of world of outlaws for one. And he has also completed it for NASCAR as well. However, NASCAR has not lifted the suspension of Kyle Larson, uh, at this point. So Larson is still suspended from NASCAR. Um, and I guess we will find out NASCAR didn't comment on the story from NBC. Um, so I guess we'll find out when, uh, when that suspension is no longer, um, yeah. <laughs> occurring. So, right. I mean, what do we well, think? What do we think about him getting on track this weekend? Though? And, and I, let's talk a little bit about the world of outlaws. You know, we talked last week about NASCAR being the first ones to this whole thing. Well, there's been some short tracks racing already and the mm-hmm. world of outlaws going back this weekend and they've got a bunch of races scheduled. So what do we think of that? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, if we're going to go back racing and you know, th- this thing's starting to open up across the country, um, you know, let's go. I mean, Knoxville is going to be a great, you know, I'm going to try to tune into it. Um, you know, Knoxville always puts on a great show. It's one of those legendary dirt tracks like Eldora. You're going to you, wait a minute. Hold on. You're going to pay. The, oh, yeah. You're going to pay for pay-per-view to watch it. I want to, but I don't know if I can. You're, too, you're, gonna, usually, I, you're too cheap. I'd usually. Say, I did say <laughs> I, I did uh, put the asterisks on there that I'm going to try to see <laughs> if I can get access to it. Um, there's ways <laughs> legally. Oh, OK. <laughs> but um you know yeah if we're but i seriously though if we're going back racing um you know the outlaws shoot it's a smaller field i i feel more comfortable with the outlaws going back racing than i even do nascar or any other major sport because it's not as big of a series but you, you know they're still toting a lot of people out there right um, but there's there's still that fear but again there, there's going to be that fear in this country for everything for the next you know 10 12 months so um, yeah, let's, let's go back racing. I, I had, we were chatting before the podcast and I had so many questions about Larson coming into this week and actually was one of the things I wanted to talk about. And then, 
uh, early in the week. This this news broke, and then I was like, oh, well, what is he doing with NASCAR? Is he even going to want to race in NASCAR anymore? And, you know, sure enough, our buddy Bob Pockers pulled through. We were we were all messaging each other at the same time. And uh, so, so yeah, he has completed his requirements in both both areas. And, um, you know, I, I'm s- not surprised that he's coming back to the outlaws first. I mean, he's right. He's, he's a racing addict. So um, it's kind of a good way from rip the bandaid off. Right. Yeah. I, I do want to give credit where credit is due before we jump to Todd and see what he's got to say on this. Um, Bob Pockers did comment on the fact that Larson completed his sensitivity training, but he was questioned about whether that satisfied NASCAR. Um, yes. And he didn't know at that time. Dustin Long is the one with the story that yes. says that it, that NASCAR is aware or whatever, that, that he's done a sensitivity training for NASCAR, but still not reinstated for NASCAR. So um, I just want to make sure Dustin gets credit for that. Yes. He's, yep. he's the one the you know, Dustin's one of those guys that's behind the scenes a little bit more, which is funny because he works for NBC. Um, but he's not front and center as much as Pockers is, but Dustin is, he's a digger, man. He gets some good stuff. And yeah, uh, ask some great questions. His questions are excellent in the media center. So, um, yeah, just want to make sure he gets credit. Uh, Todd, yep. what do you think of uh, of Larson and, and Kane racing this weekend and and uh, in the Outlaws? I'm just happy to see that Casey's healthy enough to go racing again. Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah, that is good. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been relatively quiet. I thought we would be seeing a lot more of him um, in in the dirt racing. Cause he, he, that was kind of, you know, when he said he was retiring, that was kind of his deal was he was going to do a lot more dirt racing. Um, and like Todd said, yeah, I, you know, the health thing, we haven't heard much from him, but it is great to see him popping back up right. even if it's a one-time deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they're trying to think if there was something else I wanted to go on here. Uh, yeah. Uh, dirt vision, uh, will have the, um, have the world of outlaws races. They've got a bunch of stuff available that you can check out on their, um, subscription service. And I'm trying to find the, the Eric, I don't want right to put now. you on the spot. I do have another question in regards to Larson, Larson on this though. Yeah. Do you, do you know if he's racing his, for his own team or is he driving for somebody else? I do not know the answer to that question. And... I didn't see that in the article that I had seen. I guess we'll find out when he gets there. Um, but I know with, with Chevrolet dropping him, um, that affects his outlaws uh, and sprint car teams. So see, in the, I'm just curious. The entry list does not say what team they're running for. It just lists him. He lists him in the 57, which is his number, right? That is his car. Yeah. So but how does, how does his... outlaws work though? Do the number, does the number go with the driver or does it stay with the team? I uh, must stay with the team. Stewart's Stewart stuff has always been under his own banner from what I understand. And okay. I, I think that's the same. I think that's uh that's how it goes but he did have you know he had craig kinzer running for a while there too so yeah. or steve kinzer one of the kinzers craig's running the 11k now yeah yes. um just <clears throat> back to dirt vision uh 39 a month for the fast pass if you want to check out um some sprint car racing and all kinds of, they've got let's see sprint cars they've got the world of outlaws late models Knoxville, William Grove, Williams Grove, uh, Attica, the Summer Nationals, Super Dirt Car Series, all kinds of racing and stuff on that platform. So $39 a month, you can buy buy races individually as well. Uh, we don't usually talk too much about this stuff, but seeing as things are getting rolling and people are looking for stuff to do, there you go. Yeah, um, live sports, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure, but it kind of looks like he might be running for his own team. I mean he's got the cars already. So maybe he doesn't need the Chevy support to put the car on the track. So 
Yeah, no, he doesn't need any of that stuff to run. I mean, he can run he can run a Chevy motor as long as he wants, but he's just not going to get that factory backing. Right. Um, we mentioned NASCAR goes back racing uh, next weekend at Darlington. They announced uh, today, I believe, the fines for not following the rules for COVID-19 and the social distancing and all that stuff. So uh, this is, again, per NBC Sports that has been busy today. Um, Dustin Long again. Lots of reporting. Uh, failure to follow the guidelines that, uh, okay, that everybody in the infield has to wear a mask and follow social distancing mandates. Um, failure to follow those guidelines and any other directives issued by NASCAR will result in a fine of $10,000 to $50,000 in cup. Uh, the fine for a violation in the Xfinity series is between $5,000 and $25,000. The fine for a violation in the truck series is between $2,500 and $12,500. This is the anti-confrontation rule, right, Eric? Yeah. I mean, this is that that's what they're getting at here. I, I don't know how you're going to keep people apart working on these cars and stuff, but that's right. what it sounds like. Uh, all competitive all competitors holding a valid NASCAR series driver or crew member or team administrative license are required to complete NASCAR mandated e-learning tutorial by July 31st, 2020 or within 90 days of license approval. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think this is just another thing, James, we're going to, when we go back to the track next weekend, it's going to look really different from what we've ever seen before. Um, and it's going to feel really weird. I mean, it's going to already feel weird with no fans and nothing in the infield. Um, but it's going to feel really weird and it's just not going to be what you're used to, but you know, what's going to be a casualty of this. I'm, I'm assuming James, Mm -hmm. the grid walk. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, he'll find a way. Yeah, he did it. He did it during the, uh, (laughs) he did it during the NASCAR stuff. So I'm sure he'll find a way. You're right. He'll find a way. He'll be out there with his mask with Napa plastered all over it. And he'll be, he'll be out there. So one of the things I do in my spare time is watch numerous videos on YouTube. And one of my favorite things to watch are these cringe videos. And I think maybe that's why I enjoy the gridwalk. And I think that's why people enjoy the gridwalk, James. I think it's that uncomfortable. Oh, my God, this is so bad. It's worth watching. I know you don't feel that way, but I don't think you necessarily represent the general public. either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I represent the general public. Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you're probably right. I don't know. I take these things. Things that annoy me t- tend to really annoy me. Yeah. So that's probably where that's probably where I teeter off the edge. I I will say when I was at Michigan and on pit road before the race, I did try to find. Um, I tried to find Michael so I could follow the grid walk. <laughs> so I missed it. The thing. I missed that's it. A- that was when he fell on Truex's car, I think, too, if I remember correctly. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. And you know what's funny is he was so nice to my wife that one time when we met him at the tweet up at Michigan. I can't remember what year it was, but he's such a nice guy. <laughs> but yeah. I can't stand the gridwalk. He's one for you, James. Should should he ever get in the Hall of Fame? Oh, <laughs> Todd, what do you think? <laughs> oh man, Michael? Yeah. I don't think so. I, I He's done a lot for the sport, though. He's won two Daytona 500. Exactly. Two, I mean, one and a half. Well, yeah. <laughs> he gets credit for two because of what he went through with the one. That's true. The first yeah, one. you're right. You're right. He, he deserved all of that second one. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he helped usher in Toyota. That's another that's another big check mark for him. He was he was like the uh the anti Gary Nelson. Like instead of being really good at cheating. <laughs> yeah, he was bad at that. Yeah. Yeah, he had his run ins multiple times. Um the two Daytona five hundreds probably get him in. I that and that's you know I think I think the personality does too. Again, this is this is Hall of Fame. Yeah, I know, Hall I know. Victories, and I think because he's been Michael was such a, a face in the sport his entire career, even when he wasn't doing anything. I mean, how how can somebody somebody stay as relevant relevant as he did with without winning in seven hundred and eighty four starts? Has he ever been on the ballot? I don't remember him ever being. I don't on the ballot. think he has. That's I had to look it up. It's like, did I miss him going in or something? No, and I've never seen him on the ballot. No, it's kind of surprising because in, in his his TV work that he's done. You think about the people who are in the hall. Uh, he is just not. I mean, that. How, how much credit do you give him for the truck series? I mean, he's been he's been on the air as a broadcaster for the truck series since forever. I guess you can give him the honorary award. I don't know. I. He'll probably get in at I, some point. I kind of feel like he almost should, oh but not, God. I mean, not quickly. I mean, I, I think this is something that down the road, you know, that. Yeah, it was our, well, you know, we've, and you know, if we still had the five person classes oh, yeah. going in, he would be, yeah, he probably would be. Now it's down to, you know, a handful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if there's ever a guy with that few wins that gets in, I think it'd be Michael. Yeah, I think that one of the guys I have on my list of guys with the fewest amount of wins who will probably get in, other than Alan Kowicki. Well, that's the um, thing. That Michael's only got – okay, so let, I found a Reddit post. Let me run through this real quick first, James. Or actually, go ahead and finish your thought, and I'll run through this. Well, I was post. just going to say, one, the one guy I think should probably get in someday is Ernie Irvin. Um, yeah. And he's probably got the least amount of wins. Like I said, other than Alan Kowicki, he's probably right there on that – he's teetering on that bubble of uh, – of the amount of wins that you should have. All right. Here's, here's the Reddit post. This is the argument for why Michael should be in the hall of fame. And it's pretty good. Um, 784 starts, uh, more than numerous hall of fame inductees, including Bobby Allison, Rusty Wallace, Dale Jarrett, David Pearson, Kale Yarborough. He has four wins in the cup series, only one less than Alan quickie. Uh, he's one of 10 drivers with multiple Daytona 500 wins, Petty Yarborough, Bobby Allison, Dale Jarrett, Gordon, Dale Jr., Bill Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, Kenseth, Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin's another interesting one to talk about. Um, 133 top 10s, more than Tim Flock, Fireball Roberts, Fred Lorenzen, all in the Hall of Fame. 16.9% uh, career top 10 percent percentage. That would be the worst of all Hall of Famers. Um, <laughs> broadcaster, New York Times bestselling author. Um, Ken Squire was the first broadcaster to make it in the Hall. Uh, he was an owner in the, uh, let's see, for the, in the Xfinity Series, 191 top 10, 73 top 5, 7 wins in Cup as an owner. Um, another 100, okay, sorry, that was in Cup. 191 top 10, 73 top 5s, and 7 wins in Cup. 129 top 10s, 55 top 5s, and 5 wins in the Xfinity Series. He also brought Toyota into NASCAR, and he is a NASCAR champion because he won the NASCAR Goodies Dash Series Championship. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know. How did we get here? I don't know. Todd, what do you want to jump in on this before we move on to anything what else? What's your thought on, on Michael? 
<laughs> well, eventually, I think he'll get in. Obviously, not anytime soon. Right. But it, it's going to have to be a down year for candidates, I believe, for him to get in. More, more down than this year, right, James? Who gets in first, Michael Waltrip or Dalen Hart Jr.? Let's let's go. Oh let's have God. that conversation. Jeez, come on. <laughs> Somebody's already on the ballot. That's <laughs> exactly. Your <answer>. Exactly. <laughs> All just, right. Let's just... let's move on before James alienates the rest of the fan base. I like playing the heel, boys. It's all right. I'll take it. So this weekend, NASCAR goes back to North Wilkes Wilkesboro. How about that? Um, it is virtual, of course. Uh, the E NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series will make its final stop this weekend at the virtual North Wilkesboro Speedway. Um, James, you told us off <clears throat> offline. You aren't watching it. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I don't think it's going to be a great race because it's a short track that nobody's ever run. Um, so it's probably going to have, have a lot Jeff of Gordon. Wrecks and stuff. Yeah. Jeff Gordon's in the field. That's right. Jeff Gordon is going to do it again. So William Byron, not racing. I saw the entry list. He's not, not I didn't listed. see that. I didn't see Byron. I noticed that Kurt's not racing. Kurt Bush. Um, yeah. Brad Keselowski's not racing. There was, there was a few notables that weren't racing this weekend. Yeah, guys are getting ready to go back to the real thing, and it's kind of cutting uh, cutting into this a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Did Jeff Gordon will be the favorite, maybe. The I don't know. What's that, Todd? Did you guys see who was racing the twenty one this weekend? Who was racing the twenty one? John Wood. Interesting. Oh, that's a good one. That is that is. You're good gonna one. miss it, James. <laughs> I'm well, yeah, I missed it. <laughs> The John Wood experience. I thought you were going to say Paul Menard for a second. I was getting excited. <laughs> nice. I win. <laughs> no, I, I think it's going to be cool. I mean, this is full credit to Dale Jr. If it wasn't for Dale Jr., the North Wilkesboro wouldn't be in iRacing, period. Um, Pre-release, so the, the track won't be released to the public until, I think, June or July, they said. Um, but, uh, but they're going to race it this weekend on Fox, FS1. And the preliminary races are under the lights at Martinsville, right? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see that. The, the Friday yeah, I think night they're show, I think they're trying to showcase that. Hey, we're bringing lights to Martinsville, and by the way, North Wilkesboro is coming. So a couple of things, interesting things came out in the broadcast and online this past week about iRacing. Um, so I noticed that a couple of the tracks at the beginning had the um, the four had main sponsors in NASCAR, whatever the the it's called now with the new sponsorship model. And I also noticed that Michigan, when the um, IndyCars raced there, that they had the correct layout of the track. The, the grandstands were gone in turn three, which iRacing for the longest time did not have grandstands in turn three. A lot of the tracks in iRacing don't have the safer barrier all the way around the track, but all of the tracks they've run on the eNASCAR series have had the safer barrier around the track. So iRacing has been updating these tracks each week to match you know, the real world track before the, the pro series gets to them. Um, I'm assuming they're doing that with IndyCar as well because they did it for Michigan. And That's a nice touch. Yeah. And they've also been updating the damage model on the cup cars over the past uh, few weeks as well. So we got to see a little bit of that at Dover. So, um, that's pretty cool that iRacing is mean, not just sitting on their butts. They're making sure, I mean, they've always updated, but they've been slow to update the tracks because they have to go rescan stuff and everything, but they've been doing well, you, it here. You know, this is marketing one on one. You take advantage of the opportunity you're given, and they are they are on the. I mean, this is this is for all joking aside, this is the most watched esports in. You know, there's there's been this yeah. is it, and yeah, they where, are on the. They where are the hell the, is Bob Pockers on this one? I want to know how many people 
have signed up for iRacing since the NASCAR series started. It's got to be. They, they've got to be doing well. Come the on, the iRacing business is not not hurting whatsoever from this. They are doing well. Get on it, Bob. Get on it. And whoever makes those dang rigs, they're probably doing well too. Oh yeah. Well, I was listening to Sirius over the weekend. They had one of the one of the manufacturers on trying to sell rigs. So, uh, Todd, when are you getting a rig? I don't think I'm going to now that the season's going to be starting up. <laughs> oh, you were so close. I know. I know. Oh, I've been trying to push Eric over the over the uh, over the edge for that's, a long time. That's and the he question. Just won't go. He just won't go. That's the question you want to go with: is who gets the iRacing rig first, me or Todd? See, if you guys both got a rig, here's here's my entryway in right here. <laughs> if, if everybody I know started racing on iRacing, I might have to be get involved. I bet you if I told my wife that, listen, James and Todd are both doing it. We want to team up and start a, a team in, in iRacing. She'd probably be like, yeah, that sounds like a cool idea. Where's Kay? She'd get her on the microphone. I want to I want to test this out. <laughs> She's not here. Well, She's not here right now, so I can talk about season. her. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to do it so bad. And it, it's not even for NASCAR. I don't even know if I'd run NASCAR races. I would run the late model stuff and the dirt stuff a ton. And the off-road trucks, man, I miss, I miss the old soda off-road racing game from Papyrus back in the day. That thing was terrible, and it, I, like, I had such a blast with it. Yeah. IndyCar, I'd love to run the IndyCars. <sighs> Speaking of IndyCar, IndyCar ran at Indianapolis this past weekend. Uh, they had some controversy in their race, drivers wrecking each other at the finish. Um, but man, that was a heck of a race too. I know you didn't watch it, James. But sorry, Todd, did you get, get to watch the Indy cars at all this weekend? <laughs> no. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Only the, only the NASCAR stuff. I will say the Indy car i racing. I've not watched the road courses. Um, I kind of feel the same way with Indy car in general. The the oval package just puts on a better show than the road course package. Um, but an i racing the oval package is reminiscent of that. You know, the one that they ran at at Indy a few years ago where they had passes every lap and the one that they ran at California where the, uh, I can't think of his name now. had the big wreck on the front stretch. The um, Briscoe. Briscoe. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's the racing at Michigan looked just like that California race when they ran that package and the Indy race this weekend at Indianapolis was great. Um, that I racing definitely has a great Indy car set up. Um, back to, the iRacing, NASCAR iRacing, too, another thing that we learned a couple weeks ago that and we learned at the Talladega, I think, was that uh, a lot of these drivers were side drafting or trying to side draft, and side draft doesn't work in iRacing. Oh, oh. <laughs> so they're running into each other because that's one thing with, the, with racing online is that the cars, they don't necessarily have solid edges because where you see a car on your screen and your connection is a little bit different than where they are at. So the the you'll see sometimes they'll overlap each other and sometimes you'll, they'll make contact when they didn't really make contact. And so that's, I think that's probably why iRacing doesn't have the side draft in it because it just doesn't work real well. You'd end up wrecking more often as the NASCAR guys have done. So, right. They've proven it. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of e NASCAR, NASCAR heat five comes out in July. Are we excited? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I haven't. Do you, I, ha- do you have them all Todd? Yeah. I haven't do you, bought. How, how often games. do you play them? I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, no, let's go. Go I, ahead. I, it's piqued my interest. How often do you play? Do you play quite a bit? Well, I do have other games that piqued my interest more than, uh, <laughs> say, Heat Four, because yeah. I, I play it for a while and then I get bored with it because okay. there's not much to do <laughs> after a certain point. I feel like these NASCAR games have have the same problem they've always had in that you 
to make it more fun, you have to make it more arcadey, which upsets the sim people. And if you want to make it, you want to make the sim people happy, you've got to make it more difficult, which upsets the the casual gamers. And it's just in a console console format, it's just not a good. I mean, I'm glad we have it. I'm glad that it's available. Um, yeah. But, you know, I I did Heat two or three. I don't remember which ones on my PlayStation. I played it like I don't even think I made it through the series up to out, up out of dirt on it. And I gave up on it. So, um, yeah, I, got, I still I got it really cheap. But I had I have an old three. I still play the Xbox 360 from time to time. Yeah, it's kind of what I what I have for my college days back when I played video games a ton. Um, but I've got NASCAR. I think NASCAR 15. I have all of them up until then. And every once in a while, I'll still pop that on and go run the race somewhere. You know, I'll run Michigan or Daytona or whatever if I'm, you know, feeling frisky. NASCAR you know. 15 is a pretty good one to play. Yeah, that one that one actually wasn't that bad. They actually had it pretty good. All um, the hate that EA Sports got over NASCAR because they bought the contract out from Papyrus or Sierra or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, that was yeah, that you was know, rough. They got a lot of a lot of hate, but their their console games were actually pretty good. They right? had you know, they had the career mode stuff pretty figured out on yeah. the on the older consoles like the Xbox, you know, Xbox original Xbox and the PS two era. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They yeah. had they had that career mode really nice, and mm-hmm. then they tried to move up to the next gen consoles, and they didn't put the investment into the into the games, right. and they just let it fall. They let it fall off, and then that's you know there was there was years where there was no if you're well, yeah exactly if you're not exactly. mad and they haven't put any work into your game in the next gen consoles since like you said the PS one exactly yeah they just they update a couple things and they, the biggest way that EA sports gets everybody to buy new games is to just have not let you get the new rosters on the old games. Exactly. They run the year out and you know, I think, I think they were heavily invested in college football back then, which that kind of bit them in the butt, but that might be coming back now. I Um, played the same NHL game since freaking PS three. I buy a new one every year and every year it's the same crap game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so bad yeah that's the way it is with a lot of the sports games on the consoles even like the nba 2k series or See, I, I think what, i think you know 2k took the wrestling that stuff and yeah. they did that i was talking to a buddy of mine about that not too long ago and they just kind of ran into the ground yeah they destroyed the that same every year yeah they the the lack of competition these exclusive deals you know back when 99 games and and yeah, um, yeah, you know, and EA was we're battling out for hockey. You know, you got new features every year and stuff, and uh, we just don't get that anymore. But again, they put the money into Madden. But this is a super nerdy thing. But do you guys remember when Madden they did they had an arena football game, and you could take your college roster, and then you could play the arena game, and then you could draft players into the NFL. I was that was that was hmm. the peak right there. Interesting. Had three games, <laughs> three games going with the draft. I love that stuff. Back I've then. I've bought usually buy Madden about every four years. I'll get the Thanksgiving deal where you can get it like half off. And uh, the last one that I bought, they've overcomplicated the controls so much that I just don't care to learn it. I just well, you would not have any fun right now playing it. I would t- <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> I pretty much right now I have a PS4. And I buy the new Supercross game every year, and that is, and uh, I'll usually get the F1 game when it gets discounted when the new one comes out. I buy last year's version of the F1 game, and that's it. I don't buy anything else on it. I've got the Nintendo Switch that I'm hoping that more, 
of this stuff starts coming out for it because I will just abandon the PlayStation altogether. But until I, uh, until Grand Theft Auto comes out, when Grand Theft Auto Six comes out, that's that's what always gets me to buy a new system is the new Grand Theft Auto game. You know what? I had one of those moments where I had to look myself in the mirror and go, "Man, you're getting really old fast." And I I didn't I didn't upgrade to the Xbox One when that came out, and that was kind of my retirement from from <laughs> <laughs> hardcore gaming. And uh, I was one of those people who put hours into it. But um, I was at a buddy's house, and he's like, "Hey, and you know, you, you know, pop in Halo Five and see what you think." You know, it's it's been a while. I'm like, "Sure, yeah, it's been a while. That sounds fun. I'll I'll play some Halo 5. And I loaded that game up, and there was so much going on on screen because the frame rate is so fast now. I'm mm-hmm. like, holy crap, dude! I can't play these games anymore. I like physically can't. My my brain could not comprehend what my eyes were seeing. And I thought, you know, this is probably the best decision for me. <laughs> I am just getting too old. <laughs> I have it's terrible. I have a PlayStation Vita, and I like the first person shooters on it because the system's underpowered and they can't have as much of that because they have a kill zone game, which is great. I love it. And I decided, well, I'll, buy, I'll get a Killzone game for the PS3 back when the, before the PS4 was out and see how that is. Maybe I'll enjoy that, too. And like you said, there's just so much crap going on that, no, no, yep. not for me. Exactly. And this is the conversations we have yeah. when we bring in a NASCAR employee. Right, exactly. <laughs> we have a NASCAR it's official. the kind I can enjoy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> see, that's the thing, though. Like, I mean... To just in the interest of transparency here for you guys, I mean, Todd and James have talked a ton on social media and stuff. This is the first time they've ever talked, like, yeah. talked. Yep. And so, but, like, they're, they're friends through me, and I've talked to Todd a million times. Like, this is no big deal to me. So it's just, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Well, we'll get some NASCAR stuff in. But the, the main reason I put the NASCAR Heat 5 thing in, James, is I know you don't have the next-gen system, but Tony Stewart's on the cover of the Gold Edition. What do you think of that? The boy Smoke. He's on the cover of this one too, isn't he? The last he? one. The last one. Yeah. Gordon, Gordon with... was. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was Stuart and Harvick, or so. I can't remember. I mean, anyway. they must be desperate to put somebody, oh, yeah, he, he some old guy in the cover. Audio. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. He. Well, yeah. You got to bring. You got to have. I mean, it's the same reason Matt Kenseth is coming back. But who? Gotta... Who is buying the gold edition? Other than James, who is buying the gold edition? Because Tony Stewart's on the cover. Smart people. I mean, I'll get it, but that won't be the reason. <laughs> ah, good. Okay. <laughs> Nothing against Tony. I love Tony, but was Tony really a huge? I mean, he had fan. He, he had was on fans, the cover but... of the video game more than I think anybody. Yeah, but yeah, put, even back to the EA days, put Dale Jr. on the cover. Yeah, he's been on the cover. Maybe, maybe next year. Yeah. After he gets in the Hall of Fame, because last year it was Gordon when he got inducted. This year it's Stewart when he that's got true. inducted. That's true. Yeah, that's, 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 that's why they got him on the cover then. Yeah, yeah I get that gold, that gold junior edition. Yeah. Well, I'll, I, buy the, I'll buy the gold Carl Edwards uh, edition. I was going to say, unless James gets to vote, then it'll be the Carl <laughs> Edwards edition. Well, he was on the original NASCAR Heat, or the NASCAR Evolution, whatever it was called. There you go. Yeah, he was. God, that seems like it was forever ago, and it wasn't that long ago. The whole Carl Edward timeline really throws a whole loop into my <laughs> NASCAR timeline because he's such a he's become such a weird character. Well, I've been watching some old stuff, too. And just the the trans you, we didn't even realize the transition was going on from 90s NASCAR to today's NASCAR, where the overlap is with these drivers and when they started and everything. I mean, I, I, I remember Jimmy Johnson starting, <clears throat> but. Barely, like I, I don't remember there being like we we see new drivers coming now, and there's all this like, you know, 
publicity behind it. And it's, it's such a big deal when, you know, Christopher Bell comes up to the cup series and, but we just didn't see that back then. And so the overlap remember, is really interesting. I remember, I'm going to try to save you cause I know you're struggling, Eric. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I remember Ryan Newman coming on board more so than Jimmy that. Johnson because he was such a freak in qualifying. I just remember he was such a, such a big splash that I Jimmy Johnson Newman was on the radar. Newman in the zero two car at Charlotte leading the race. And it's like, man, this kid is going to, he's going to run away with this race. And then he racked in turn four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was kind of a common thing. He was bad fast yeah. and then he would find a way to crash or something. But yeah, he was, he was and he was so fast. I mean, I remember Gordon coming up. Um, I remember, I don't, I don't remember Kyle Busch coming up. I mean, I remember Kyle in the truck series and when they, when they told him he couldn't run the truck series anymore and but like Jimmy Johnson, like I said, I, I remember when he, when he came up, but I didn't pay much attention to him starting. I, I guess I remember following him as rookie season a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Even like, even like Tony Stewart, when Stewart came up, I remember him running the Xfinity series, but to me, I guess he already already felt established at that point. So the, when he came up to cup, it just, I don't know, maybe, maybe my memory just sucks. So that could be more what it is, but well, if it makes you feel any better, I don't remember Gordon coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Todd, you were only like a year old. <laughs> yeah. Was he even? No, no. I think he already had a championship by the time I was born. When What year were you born? 96. That's ridiculous. Jesus. That's ridiculous. Yeah, as far back as I can remember for somebody coming up, I think it's Truex. Hmm. To wow. be honest. That's crazy. I, this is one of those I feel old moments again. I know. I know. Todd makes me feel old all the time because I don't <laughs> picture Todd as as young as he is. And then he starts talking about when he was born. And it's like, oh, my God, I am old. Are some of our favorite yeah. drivers, Eric, Todd never even remembers them racing. Right. I, no. you know. Nope. Yeah, I didn't get to see Earnhardt race that I can remember. Obviously, I was only three and a half when he passed or four and a half. That's crazy. Um, but my my first favorite driver was Terry Labonte because of the Kellogg's car. I was that young. Yep. Terry. Yeah. Texas Terry. That was my brother. My brother was born in 94 and he liked Terry Labonte. All that must have been a, yep. Yep. That rooster on the on the on the hood of the car. <laughs> I yep. never liked Terry Labonte. I don't know why I just never liked him. I didn't like either of the Labonte's. I didn't like Bobby. Yeah, they either. were they were different. Bobby was Yeah, they were they were something else. They I mean, they I respect like both of big... them now, but I I didn't like Earnhardt either for years. I didn't start liking Earnhardt. Yeah, I didn't Earnhardt like Earnhardt. Until... Yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't like Earnhardt. I think I started liking Earnhardt around the time he won the 500. And then it's like, you know, I can kind of get on board with this. It's, you know, we're seeing greatness. You know, he won the 7th championship and I was happy yeah. to see that and I remember, you know, my when I was growing up, I didn't like Dale Earnhardt and Michael Jordan were the same to me. They were both people I rooted against because they always won. Yeah. And Jeff Gordon and Jeff Gordon entered that pantheon, too. Oh, yeah. I and I'm, I'm, I'm rewatching. So the last dance, Todd and I were texting about this before we came on the pod. But ESPN's doing the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. And I remember, you know, that was that last season. And that's probably as far back as I remember sports really was the late 90s. I remember some early '90s stuff, but mostly the late '90s is kind of my my wheelhouse. I remember not liking Jordan so much, but then after these guys are gone, for some reason I respect them so much more because I I don't know it was their, they beat their greatness into me at some point. I think that's just natural. I think that is, yeah. Jimmy Johnson's done it to me over time. Yeah, you know I really didn't like Jimmy Johnson, and man, when he when he won in 2013, I was like I just shrugged. I'm like, okay, I 
what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I, mean, I was, you are the, I was like that through a lot of Gordon's career. I, I really liked Gordon when he came up. I, I watched Gordon on Saturday Night Thunder in the sprint car, you know. So he was – Gordon, to me, was the first driver I watched come up from, you know – from being a young driver and come up to the, to the cup series. So well, that was probably Johnson for you, right, Todd? That was, he was dominating. Really probably during your... year, but... hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably, I do you remember ever... him winning his five in a row though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are kind of your formative years at that kind of those age that, you know, that, that age range where he's just completely dominating everybody. Right. Yeah. I remember Stewart winning an 04. And Kansas, yep. I think, is as far as I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I remember all of Stewart's championships, but that was my driver, so <laughs> those stick out those stick out a little bit more to me than anything. Ernie Irvin winning races, that stuck out to me because he was my guy before he got hurt. Yeah. Um I was there the both time. times Ernie got hurt. But I wasn't at the track either time. But I was at yeah. the camper across the street from the track both times. Yeah, yeah, Ernie was my guy, and I remember. Yeah, I remember a lot of his races, but yeah, mostly mostly Smoke's whole career. I I've got pretty pretty good in the bank, but <laughs> I was a big Tony Stewart fan for a while, and then I I kind of lost interest in Tony for a while, and then was a fan again when he, you know, his last. Well, pretty much once he went to Stewart Haas, that I was back on the Tony Stewart train. But by that point. By that point, I didn't really have somebody that I was like was my driver. I was already kind of getting to where I'm at now. Where, I mean, I'm a Kyle Busch fan. I would say Kyle's my favorite of all of them. But, but as a driver, as a personality, it's different. You know, I've met a lot of these guys, so it's it. You know, I just I like to see. I usually cheer for the guy in second place any weekend. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of guys I dislike rooting for anymore. Honestly, I mean, all of them are. Yeah, well, Paul Menard, he comes. (laughs) Um, that's about it. (laughs) That's about it. Uh, All right. So we have a NASCAR official on the line. So let's, let's talk some NASCAR stuff with Todd. Um, that's what I'm I'm assuming if people tuned in this week that they, when they normally don't, that that's probably maybe why they did. Um, so Todd, tell us a little bit, first of all, how did you get into NASCAR when I know I was with you? I didn't, attend the race with you, but I was with you when you went to your first NASCAR race just a couple of years ago. Wasn't I, didn't I drive you down there? Not the, the second one. That was the first the one okay. I went on father's day. That's which right. Was also my 21st birthday. Yep. That's second right. When you drove me down to, so how did you get into this? How did you, how did you go from being uh, an employee at a local racetrack to working for NASCAR in the tower on Sundays? <laughs> Well, I was getting kind of tired of my job, unfortunately, that I was at. And so I was just on Facebook and happened to see a job application for motorsports.com, which is what NASCAR Heat is through. And so I applied, and it was through LinkedIn. And I was like, yeah, let's just see what NASCAR has in store. And I applied for two positions. I ended up having two interviews for the job I'm in now, and I got the job. And it was all because of LinkedIn. I didn't have any any other sources, just... Just used LinkedIn and it worked. So you're the, that's that's the hell so out crazy of to me. You're the that's first <laughs> person that I've heard that has actually had success. No, nobody's ever been able to tell me why LinkedIn is worth having until you. That's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad LinkedIn uh, actually is useful. Yeah. 
Yeah. LinkedIn is one of my main job functions in real life, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it because I use it a lot. But yeah, yeah. I can't believe so. I've I had applied probably when I was your age, Todd, um, you know, pl- applied to try to work for NASCAR in a couple of different capacities. I just could never even get to the interview process. So I think it's amazing that you just took a shot and they saw something um that they they saw in you to, to bring you in it's that i think that whole story is just awesome i was excited for you when you were talking about you know the fact that you were getting calls back and you were getting close to an interview but all the time i'm thinking like there's no way there's got to be a million people for this <laughs> not anything against not anything against you but just it just seemed like i don't know it just like it's like it's such a tight bubble i think that's yeah. what you're you know and it's, it's, and that's what it the seemed like the, the thing is and, and i don't know if you've seen this if you feel this way too todd working with them but my experience the past few years of getting in and, and being, you know, being media and getting to see the inside a little bit. And of course the level I'm seeing is nothing compared to what you're seeing, but you almost realize that it, you watch it on TV every week. You, you follow it as, you know, for me, it was, a, it's always been a really important part of my life and you almost put it up on this pedestal that it's just this unbreakable bubble. And then once you're on the inside, you realize that it's just, it's just another group of people. It's not, I mean, it's huge, it, but it doesn't feel as big once you're in it. Am, uh, do you feel that oh, way too? That's, that's that's definitely true. It, it's it's really interesting, and I you know I've felt the same way when I've met celebrities and stuff like that too. You you put people on this pedestal and you you meet them and you go like, okay, they're just another person, just like you and me. Just a lot of people like them for some reason, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it. That's what I've found with you know being in the media is that you know you start to get in with all these people, you talk to these people and they're just another person, just like everybody else. They just have all these drivers just have a different switch that's switched in their brain that you and I don't have. Um, I like to think that I did at one point, but there's no way I could do what they're doing. Um, so Todd, you're tell me, I know a little bit of this and I'm trying to remember when, which one it was, when, when was your first race? When, when was the first time you got to go out to one of the races for NASCAR? The first race that I was able to go to was Talladega last fall. Nice. So, I, I got hired in mid-September, and I wasn't able to get out there for the first couple of weeks, but Talladega was the first one I went to. How was that experience to go to the biggest track in NASCAR? It was pretty insane. I had to start on the in, uh, infield that weekend, uh-huh. so I went and found the garage area, and then I was able to go on the track and... <laughs> go around all 2.666 miles at like 15 mile an hour holding onto the side of the car because of the banking. <laughs> oh my God. That's and you're, awesome. you're doing that because you guys are looking for stuff or are you put, installing things? What are you doing there when you, when you do that? When I was going around the track, we had a transponder okay. and we were making sure that all of the loops on the track were working correctly. So those loops and I, I might get nerdy for other people. So I apologize if, if I do, um, Todd was concerned we weren't going to have a lot of questions for him, but I'm curious as no, I'm about sure all this stuff. So those loops that are in the tracks, those are, those are there every week, right? The, that's something that's already pre-installed. You guys just hook up to it essentially. Is that what happens? Yes, they're pre-installed and we have a group of two or three people every week before we go the day before they go in and make sure that every loop is working correctly. And okay. if there's any, um, tears, they repair them. Okay. All right. And so just to clarify, Todd works in the tower for NASCAR. What is your official, do you have an official title, Todd, right now? Well, my title is Competition Technology Technician 1. Nice. And there's four tiers. That sounds cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so yeah, the, the, you, you've been training. Um, what, when you're, when you're done training, what will you be your essential job? Or do you not know that yet? Well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing any, um, mostly tower work unless they need somebody on the infield doing the groundwork. Um, but I've only been, I've trained for two jobs and most everybody that's in the tower knows every position. So we're all interchangeable whenever. Okay. How many people, how many people is that Todd? In the on, tower? on any given weekend, I guess. Um, besides the higher ups for NASCAR, there's mm-hmm. gotta be, there's me. If I'm up there, then there's freeze. There's assistant chief, chief score replay. And I know I'm forgetting at least a couple, but there's six or seven of us just in our department that's in the tower. And then there's six or seven others that are from, well, like, Steve O'Donnell and that group that are up there. Mm, okay. So what's it like being in a room with Steve O'Donnell or Mike Helton? <laughs> Very scary. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mess up, especially Helton. Right. <laughs> but Steve's pretty down to earth, but Helton, I feel like I could – say something wrong at any moment and just get kicked out <laughs> he's got that intimidating mustache too i got that's part of it. He, he, he doesn't speak much at all either and that's the scary part i got to see that's both of them at michigan on the red carpet going to the driver's meeting a couple of years ago and um both of them are very intimidating people that is for sure steve o'donnell's huge for one um oh yeah but and they i both are. i didn't get to talk to either of them but i felt like Okay, give him some room. <laughs> I don't want to get a penalty. I don't want to get called to the holler. Um, so, Todd, I know I've asked you this before, but what's it like in the tower? What is it? What is it? I mean, do you guys get to enjoy any of it, or is it just work? I mean, are you guys focused on a screen? Do you get to like watch what's actually happening, enjoy the show a little bit, or is it is it just a job? It, it's it's both, but I would compare it more to like Tri City, how you're trying to watch, making sure. You're catching everything that you can, right? So you can't, you can't, you can't be a fan. Like I'll tell you that straight up, you cannot be a yep. fan. But, the, but mostly everybody in the tower is watching the leader and the leader only to make sure that we at least know where he is in case everything goes down. Okay. Technology wise, right? Okay. Um, how? So, I mean, you guys, you say you can't be a fan. When you're when you're watching it, I mean, do you still get a chance to get it? I mean, do, do people get excited like when there's a good battle, maybe to the finish or something like that? I mean, especially once the race is over, do you get a chance to decompress and go, man, that was a really cool race or it was a great finish, or is it just okay, race is over, let's pack up, let's move on to the next thing? Yeah, there's definitely two groups of us like that that are up there. There's some of us that are like, hey, that was great, and then others are trying to tear down, right? And we're trying to talk about it, but then there are a few people um, that really watch the race and want it to be entertaining. And then if it's not, then they talk about it while the race is going on to see what they can improve on. Okay. 
So how much do you feel? So at, at Tri-City Motor Speedway, you were in the in the tower with me, did um, lineups, things like that, help with scoring, especially when I wasn't there. You did the, you ran my computer and, and scored the cars. How much did that prepare you for this? Like, is that something that, is that something like you feel is an integral part of why you're able to do what you're doing at NASCAR? Or is it just the stepping stone that got you there? Like, how much do you bring from that experience at the local short track to NASCAR? Is it just completely different or is it similar? It is different, but the the basics are there that were, I, would, I was able to bring along with me. So that was a big key. But I think the bigger thing was that NASCAR saw it on my resume, to right. be honest. I think that was more key to me bringing, more than me just bringing the knowledge with me. And, and how important was the... Uh, the questionnaire that I filled out for you to get at the job, like, was that like the thing that put you, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so how many tracks you've been to so far with, with the series? How many tracks you've been to with NASCAR? With, with NASCAR, I've been to nine, nine. I think. What was the best experience for you so far, as far as working for NASCAR? Like what, what track, maybe what race, what, thing happened at the track that made it what you know the most important one so far to you uh it was probably the first and second one because the first one i i didn't go in the tower so i was strictly on the ground the entire weekend at talladega Mm -hmm. and then the second one i was in the tower and i was able to see everything from up there and actually learn what was going on there wasn't really anything specific but it was just being there in general and being a part of the group you were at Daytona this year for the 500. Um, obviously, you've dealt with a lot of rain this season. What's it like in the tower waiting for a rain delay to finish? I mean, uh, you basically just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. Um, is there stuff you get to do up there? And are you are you privy to, you don't have to give us any secrets or inside stuff or anything, but are you privy to the discussion over, you know, where they're at as far as calling it or continuing or, or any of that? Well, the conversation is had in that room that I am in, unless they take it elsewhere. Uh-huh. Um, but when there is a rain delay, if it's in the middle of the race and there's not a race after, I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> if it's before a race, we're just anticipating it to start because we're just hoping the system doesn't screw up before we get going because we just tested everything. Right. <laughs> well, and Daytona had another big challenge for you with, president trump coming in um what are some, what were some of those major challenges was, was that kind of like a delay in in a sense because you were kind of on his time or how, how did that whole thing kind of play out for you well we had once we got his schedule we had everything we knew where we were going to be at what time we had to get there a little earlier because of security but besides that it wasn't much different we just had our plan and we went with it just like we do every other weekend Okay. Gotcha. What's something that might surprise people about your job or about, you know, the, the inside of NASCAR, what is something that might be surprising that people wouldn't realize? That's a difficult question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, besides the fact that most everybody in my department treat it as just a normal job, which is just extremely weird to me. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just get to see cars go fast. (laughs) (laughs) 
you you've been uh, obviously you've been home for some races as well. Does it change the way you watch now? I, I mean, I know you're a big NASCAR fan. Obviously, you still get into it and you enjoy the show. Does it change how you watch when you watch on TV now? Well, so I went to the last six races last year. And this year I was able to go to the first three. So the only one I've had since I've been to the track the first time that I was able to watch on TV, TV was Phoenix. Okay. Um, but I, I didn't really I, – I, when I'm – Watching it from home, I'm trying to be the fan. I'm trying to bring back the fan. Right. I tried not to watch it as an employee. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take that back, though. I did have, since the 500 was pushed back to a Monday, I flew back, so I didn't get to watch the finish. I wasn't there when Newman crashed. Right. So I did watch that that part on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that because, like, I know I've only been to a couple tracks since working at Tri-City, and when I sit in the stands, I – critique what they're doing and how they're doing. And obviously NASCAR is at a different level than a local track. You're, you're when you're watching a NASCAR race, you're still watching the same group of people that was there when you were working. So in theory, it should operate about the same. So you're probably not critiquing it as much, but I know it definitely changes the way that you watch it. Right. I mean, it just, you, you know, I'd say so, you know, those inside things, you know, that stuff that's happening. So it's probably in the back of your mind. Yeah, so as soon as I started after the first couple of weeks of being up in the tower and seeing everything go on, everything from that I can remember from older races, I just think back and I'm like, oh, that's what that decision came from. Or <laughs> I can be like, why would you come up with that decision? When could because we're doing something completely diff- completely different now. Right. That's interesting. It's really interesting. Um, is it? I obviously it's still new. Is it? Yeah. Are you still like pinching yourself when you go to the track? Obviously we've had, you know, several weeks here where we haven't been at the track. So, but do you still pinch yourself a little bit? Like, holy crap, I'm working for NASCAR. Or are you kind of getting to where you're more comfortable with it now that, that it's, it's more, seems more real to you? Well, so far all nine tracks have been a different track that I've been to. Right. Um, so that's the only thing that, that's keeping me where I'm at is whenever I go to a new track, when I, when I see it, when I see it right away, that's the fan in me. But after that, it's strictly job to be honest. Right. Which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that I'm, I'm still sick of airplanes. Yeah. I've I been bet. on a lot. Oh, I can. Yeah. That's the well, part. I, like my wife asked me, she says, are you jealous of Todd for, for this? Cause like I dreamed of working for NASCAR for, for my whole life. And it's like, I said, yes, but like you're at the perfect age to do it. Um, man, I could, there's no way I could do it in, in my current lifestyle. I mean, I do, I do my four or five races a year and it's tough. It's really hard to do. And I'm not getting on a plane. I'm driving to these places. I can't imagine the travel driving, flying on the plane and having to deal with airports and all that stuff. So it's one of those things that, yeah, it's, it's awesome what you're doing. And I, I totally envy you and wish that, you know, wish that I had an opportunity to do something like that, but I kind of like my little taste of it that I get too. that I don't have to do it every weekend. <laughs> yeah. So on a, on a normal weekend, if I'm not on the advanced team and there's not a rain postponement to a Monday race, I fly out of Michigan Thursday morning and then I fly out of where the racetrack was Monday morning. So I get home Monday afternoon. So I'm gone from Thursday morning to Monday afternoon. Well, and Todd, what do you think 
and you might not be able to answer this based on pure speculation, but um, with some of this condensed schedule and some things that are going to be happening, you know, we don't even know past what NASCAR's already told us yet, but um, how challenging is that going to be strictly in your side of things for travel? I mean, it's probably going to shake some things up for you, right? I, I'm not sure. Cause I think we're still going to be there for the same like time allotment. It's just going to be different days. So we're still going to yeah. have our setup day and then a teardown. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot easier in the fact that we're not going to have practices and qualifying. So we're just going to be strictly racing, mm-hmm. but so we're just going to be getting there earlier, not, not having that much to do race and then tear down basically every day. And then just yeah, the social distance, distancing aspect. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, is there any complications with, say, like Darlington's an example? I, I know I don't know if you're going to Darlington or not, um, but you know those guys setting up that day with no practice and no testing beforehand is that is that kind of a problem or is that just something you guys can come in and say, okay, this is ready to go, we'll be ready for the race. You know, we don't need a we don't need a practice session to to get our stuff in order. No, so we always have loop tests with the transponder before practices yep. and qualifying and that is our test but okay. practicing and qualifying is just like an extra thing okay. that we have just to make sure everything's still working so at Darlington, the race will be a... the test in that in that instance yes. right okay <laughs> the extra after, test after after yeah the extra test everything will be ready to go before Darlington right. starts which unfortunately i don't get to go to Darlington or charlotte okay yeah what, uh, what's, uh, when things get back, let's say, let's just say things are normal. What race were you looking forward to this year? Was there one that, that rings out or a track that rings out that you were really looking forward to, or are they kind of blending together at this point? Um, well, I wasn't scheduled to go to Bristol, so uh. I was, I was a little upset about that, <laughs> but I don't think there was anyone in particular besides maybe Watkins Glen. Okay. Because I was gonna be, it was gonna be, I was gonna be the assistant scorer, and there wasn't gonna be many people because I think that's a weekend that ex, the Xfinity was supposed to be racing elsewhere. Okay. Or the trucks, the trucks were, so we were supposed to be a split group, and I was supposed to have a decent role. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Um. Yeah, Bristol. Bristol. I'm bummed about because this was my year to go to Bristol, and it's not looking like that's gonna happen for me. So, um. Yeah, that sucks. Um. James, you got anything else? Anything else we should know, Todd? I mean, we could I could talk to you for hours, but I do anyway. So I mean <laughs> <laughs> No, I think you guys had some pretty good questions. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that I could add. What advice would you give for somebody who wants to get into NASCAR? Make sure you try to work at a local track or get some sort of knowledge doing something with some sort of scoring systems. Or um, if you want to get technical, learn up on computers and like fiber optic stuff. Okay. Because that's the stuff in my department that we, we do, but there's, there's multiple departments. Hmm. Nice. That's really good. Anything else, James? No, I snuck in my couple of questions there. I think I'm good. <laughs> well, cool. We appreciate you coming on, Todd, and, and you're welcome anytime, anytime you want to. Um, certainly let us know. We chat with you all week, so... Um, hopefully you get to go back to the track soon. Uh, looking forward to some more, some more, uh, stories from the road from you. Um, 
let's run through our shout outs real quick. James, you got any shout outs this week? Yeah, there's a um, there's the campaign, the hero. Oh, gosh, and I'm I didn't have it ready on my phone. Oh, I see. And I you, you I did. Clo- made I such a big it. deal before the podcast. I know. Nobody I know, steal know. my shout out. Don't steal my yeah, shout out, guys. Put first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to get on. The, I had to get on the corner. I always put James um, first for shout outs because that gives me time to look one up when I don't have one ready. <laughs> well, I know, and I had it. Pu- I had it pulled up, and then I went to to grab it, and I accidentally closed it, which is <laughs> typical of how I usually operate. Do you got it? You need um, a filibuster. But it's the, uh, it's the, it's the real heroes campaign. Okay. That, that a lot of the athletes are getting behind. And I stumbled across it on the NBA's feed, but it was all over social media today. Um, but I just wanted to shout out Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch. Um, I thought it was really cool. They put, um, real doctors, nurses, people on the front lines, um, during this COVID crisis. And, um, I just thought it was kind of a really cool campaign to see these athletes putting the names of real people on the back of their jerseys or in, in the case of NASCAR, right on their fire suits. Um, because yeah, there's some real hero work going on out there. And, you know, we look up to a lot of these guys and, and these women athletes and, um, you know, race car drivers and whoever, but you know, <laughs> there's some really, really big things happening, you know, in, in medicine and in healthcare and people really putting stuff on the line. So just a small thing that, you know, these athletes were doing that I just wanted to shout out. I thought it was really cool that, uh, that they did that. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. There's, that's the thing. Like we definitely want to show our appreciation to all the people on the front lines in this whole COVID-19 thing and all the work that they're doing to try and keep us healthy, keep us safe. And, you know, a lot of us are, trapped at home and we're we're whining because we're here and got nothing to do and can't go out and do what we want to do but they're going in every day and dealing with the stuff right there and um you know seeing what it what it uh what it is doing (laughs) you know yeah so uh more power to them that's awesome um my shout out uh, i just wanted to go back to the world of outlaws and uh once again shout out dirt vision if you guys want to check out the upcoming world of outlaws events um the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Series returns to action on May 8th at Knoxville Raceway. No crowd in attendance. And then we go to um, Federated Auto Parts Raceway on May 22nd, 23rd. Limited crowds there. Uh, May 29th, Lake Ozark. May 29th and 30th, Lake Ozark Speedway. Again, limited crowds. Uh, June 5th, River City Speedway. Uh, June 6th, Granite City Speedway. June 12th and 13th, back to Knoxville. Those crowds are to be determined. Um, but, uh, but there's some, uh, some sprint car cover or action for you guys to watch. Uh, things are starting to get back to, uh, get back to action a little bit and we'll have some stuff on TV. That's not a video game and, uh, hopefully get to see some real racing. Hopefully, you know, shout out to these groups for, for trying it and doing what they can to, uh, you know, to, to keep everybody safe and, and make sure it works and hopefully everything goes well and we get to continue on. I really want to get this NASCAR season going again and continue. <laughs> no, no more stoppages. Let's just race and exactly. pray yeah. for Let's shout out the weathermen too. And hopefully they have good weather when NASCAR returns here in next week. Uh, Todd, you got anybody you want to shout out this week? Yeah, just something basic. Just thanking everybody that helped me get to where I am. So I don't have to deal with something <laughs> stupid. I get, I'm, I'm pretty lucky where I'm at. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, we, again, yeah, that's a good one. We appreciate you coming on the show. Um, James, where can they find you on social media if they want to chat with you during the week? You can get at me at James Cush on Twitter. Uh, Todd, you want to share out a social media account or you want to keep that on a DL? 
Nah, I don't care. It's at Todd Junior twenty fourteen on Twitter. There you go. I'm at T Super Speedway on Twitter. You can find uh, the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash the super speedway. Our website is the www.thesuperspeedway.com. You can find the podcast on there. Uh, links to uh, all the articles we talked about today in the show notes. Uh, you can find past articles from races, photos, uh, race coverage, that sort of thing. So check that out. TheSuperSpeedway.com. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you found us today. We hope you subscribe and continue to listen. And if you want to help out the show, become a part of the show, you can do that at Patreon at Patreon.com slash TheSuperSpeedway. This is it, guys. Last week, we have to talk about iRacing, and next week, we'll be back to discuss Darlington, make our picks for the upcoming week. We got some challenges as far as how we're going to do the podcast around midweek races, um, but hopefully we have to deal with that problem because I want to go back to the track. So uh, we'll be back next week to do all that. Until then, everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks to Todd for coming on, and let's go racing. <laughs>